What's going on? And welcome into your favorite podcast in the world. It's That Being Said Podcast, the Seattle Superpod version. Episode 27 with your boys, Sammy. And me, George Urger, coming at you recorded and direct from the Sand Hub here in sunny Seattle, Everett, Coronaville, Washington. Stay safe out there. Corona's all over the place. We're talking Seahawks. We're talking Jadavion Clowney. We're talking free agency. A little bit of it all. We took a quick break. Bitched about University of Washington basketball um, and how bad they've been. But then we went into this whole spiel about recruiting. We went through all the top teams in the nation, the top 10. I think only one of them had a top 20 player in the nation, was it? Yeah. Uh, who was it? One of the teams in the top 10 had like a top 10 player recruited. Duke. Were they in the top 10? No, they were not. No. Who was it then? Somebody had a top player in the nation or like a top 20. Yeah. But that's how crazy it is. UW has number two player, number three player in the nation and the number seven. Pretty insane. Um, George has an announcement uh, for you guys to check out his Sports or Funny pod because he is going on a pretty cool journey. So he'll, li- he'll talk about that. And then after that, you guys can enjoy episode 27 of the Seattle Super Pod. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, I guess, pending now with all the news of the coronavirus. So this, if something changes here, I doubt it, but you never know. So I'm just going to put that out as a flyer. I'm going to be traveling. We'll still be doing this podcast. We'll still be doing the That Being Said podcast remotely. I'll be traveling solo uh, through starting March 17th all the way out for maybe six months, seven months. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm starting actually in South America. I'm going to go experience sports differently in different parts of the world. So, for example, uh, I will be going two things in South America. I'm going to watch the final four in uh, in Medellin, Colombia, and talk about that and what it's like to actually go to a bar there and watch the final four and the NCAA tournament in general. And I'm going to write about it. Also going to go to a soccer game there and write about that. And then every country I go to will be doing, you know, stuff with that. I'm going to try to put out one pod a week, hopefully, about, like, what's going on and things and to that matter. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So check it out. Sports are funny with George Arjur on your favorite podcast listening app. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you want, can find your favorite podcast. Look for me there. And also you can follow me on Instagram at G-J-A-R-J-O-U-R and Twitter at G-Jarjour. Enjoy the pod. Uh, and we'll be back probably next week with also a Seattle Mariners podcast. A uh, little preview for the season. So enjoy the pod and we'll talk to you all soon. Uh, George, this is Sports on Tap and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Enjoy the pod. What is going on, George? Uh, we're back for the first time in a long time with a episode of the Seattle Superpod brought to you by Sports on Tap. How you been, man? Um, I like how you said that. How you been? Uh, like I've, we I've see been each other good, every day. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen you in a long time, man. Things are going good. No, I'm kidding. Fantastic, man. How you doing? Um, living well, man. Just uh, I'm trying to figure out what our last episode was. I think it was episode 26, which was talking about the next coming season for the Seahawks. Um, we might get into a little bit of uh, a little bit of Mariners at the end of this one too, because it's obviously uh, 
uh, Seattle sports pod. But. And I do want to mention at the end of a podcast too, just three minute. I'm going to call it the George Bitch Fest about the Washington basketball. Huskies basketball team. Yeah, I already know. I already know. Um, all right, I think we should just go over some things that are happening in the Seahawks world since we, uh, since our last, you know, what was it? Couple two months ago, almost yeah, now? man. Can you believe the season's been already two months over? Like it, it has gone by really quickly the, from the end of the season till now. Like I, surprised it's been two months. Yeah, and which means a lot of things have happened, which include one thing that we're going to open up here, which is Greg Olson signing with the Seahawks, and then we're going to get to Jadavion Clowney and what, and, and what we should do with Clowney. Um, before we get started, remember always check us out at. Uh, Sant Seattle on all platforms Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram That's S-O-N-T Seattle um, uh, Support us And you can find us If you go to SantSports.com S-O-N-T Sports.com There's a Seattle tab at the top of the page Where we post all, all our Seattle news The podcast will always be there um, So check all that out And George yes, um, Greg Olson I, I think it ended up being a one What was it? One year, seven million If I'm not mistaken Right, I believe one year, seven million. One year, seven million with five and a half guaranteed. Greg Olson to the Seahawks. Initial reactions. Initial reactions. I mean, I've always liked Greg Olson as a player. I like Greg Olson as a person. Uh, he's going to have a fantastic broadcasting career after this. Um, he's already done a little broadcasting right in the XFL, I think, and other different things with Fox. And he's a really, he seems like a really good guy. But to pay a tight end like Greg Olson seven million dollars, I think, is ludicrous. I don't see the need for him with you know the way Hollister played towards the end of the year last year. It's just, I think it's a bad use of money to go out and pay seven million for Greg Olson, where we have other glaring aspects that we need to you know take care of. One, we need to find a pass rusher if that because if we don't sign Jadavion Clowney or if we re-sign him. And two, we need to get some more offensive line help, and we need a corner. So I don't know. I just feel like that seven million dollars was money not well spent. Um, I'm half and half on that same page. I think, unfortunately, how it works always for me is which it's impossible to give a clear feeling of mine until you actually see the final result it's let's see what happens the rest of offseason right now right, if, of course if, if we do fill the spots we need to fill in the cherry on top was okay we just paid Olsen seven million for one year we have a guy that is a little more dynamic than Hollister or than Will Disley or mm-hmm. Luke Wilson um, great right now I agree with you if we're cut short somewhere where Man, maybe we would have had a little bit more money to go pick up another corner or another uh, offensive lineman right. or, you know, a defensive end because we're probably not going to have Clowney as a pass rusher, which we'll get to. Um, then I'll see it as kind of a bad move given the fact that I think he's 36 years old. He's not the same. I know he's had bad quarterbacks recently, but he's obviously not the same talent. He might be better than what we have, but. We're expected to have Will Disley back week one. I know his injuries are a problem. Hollister's supposed to be back. And the Seahawks have so far said they're not going to let go of Luke Wilson. I don't know why we would have four tight ends. Maybe we're running four tight end sets from now on. It would work with Russell Wilson. He'd make everything work. Of course. But I just don't I, – I, There's okay, here's what I was going to say. I think this is the Seahawks saying we absolutely don't trust Disley staying healthy. 
It's what it is. Because you think that's what it is? If they think Disley can stay healthy, there's no purpose in signing a 35, 36-year-old tight end to a one-year $7 million deal. See, but then when, when was Greg Olson's last healthy season? He's been healthy. Has he? I think he missed most of last season. And the season before that, he didn't play too many games. I'm going to look that up here while we talk because I might be absolutely. I mean, he's been hurt a couple times, but I don't think he's I mean, been pretty consistent in his career. Last year, he played 14 games. The year before that, nine. The year before that, seven. So, I mean, that's that trend. Good thing on an upward trend. He played 14 last year, obviously. But in general, like as a 35-year-old, I don't expect him to get more healthy. At the beginning of his career, he was the absolute bill of health, right? Uh, other than the first, yeah, no, he was a bill of health. 14, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16 consistently until that year where he got I mean, he did have 14 last year. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Get, last year is a positive sign that maybe he there were two fluke injuries and he's ready to come and play a full slate. But and I, the load with the Panthers is much different than it probably would be if Seattle, if Disley's healthy or Hoster's healthy. I don't think we're going to see him be on every single snap. No, he'll probably be used in specialty situations, but more but more consistent than just a special. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he'll be the main tight end, but they'll really focus on getting his use in the goal line and inside like the twenty. Running back type of deal. There's third down backs, there's you know, he, right. he might get seventy percent of the snaps, but he's gonna have well in Carolina I think he was getting hundred percent probably snaps. I cannot yeah. name the other tight end in Carolina. So Exactly. Um good signing though, I think Overall, when you just talk about Craig Olson, yep. the money I think is what both of us are a little wavery on. Yeah, because there's no there's no harm in having Greg Olson as a added key. I think he's going to help in general. I just don't know if it's going to help at a seven million dollar. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel. So it's like I said, I, I pre- prefaced it all by saying I think Greg, I like Greg Olson as a player and obviously as a person. He seems like a cool guy. I don't know him personally. But he seems really cool, and he seems like a good dude, and I like watching him play, but I just sometimes – there's a lot of guys I like to watch play. I know we can't sign them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't sign everyone. Right. Uh, and uh, I think at the end of the day, it's – you know. But does it make us a better team is the question. Probably, yes. yeah. Yes, 100%. Um, did Was Russell Wilson happy about it? He was. Is that important? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's really important to us. Um, let's do this one really quick. Cause I think it's just interesting. Um, Michael Robinson, yep. obviously all time Seattle legend, uh, was talking about Marshawn Lynch and he said his humble opinion is that he thinks Marshawn wants to play, but he doesn't, he doesn't think that he'd want to play for any team other than the Seahawks. Oh, really? That's kind of yeah. cool. Um, what would you think about Marshawn coming back? I, I think, um, once again, what's the money? Yeah, I mean, I would assume. I mean, he got paid like what three hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, it was just two games though. So I'm assuming you take a lower salary, right? I know. Now here's my thing with Marshawn. We all get excited. He's not the Marshawn that we originally would expect, right? Right. But at the right price, given the fact that at another position we have a boatload of injury problems, for some reason, him at his age. Is, does not deal with those injury problems. He's more of a guy that you could probably count on mm-hmm. to show up any given week. Um, it, it honestly probably all depends. Would I like to have Marshall on the team? Sure. But if Carson's healthy, what, what Carson was like last year, you, 
you'd rather have Carson out there. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I mean, you're gonna have Carson out there, but can you use can you at use the yeah Marshall Lynch at the one yard line? And we saw him in the postseason in the last game, last game of the year, right? Is the it? last two, I think, two games of the year, whatever it might have been for him playing. He was able to punch it into the goal line when he got the ball on the goal line and really at the end of the day that's a valuable thing to have so could for a million dollars a year would i like to see him just get the ball at the one yard line sure if we're gonna have to pay him three or four do i want to see him there absolutely not and this is at the end of the day this all comes out to numbers 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 i know it sounds so the like next easy. three topics probably are gonna everything everything we talk about with the players is gonna come down to numbers. numbers yeah, because we're not talking about keeping Russell Wilson. It's yeah. like okay, I can bend my number a little. He's bit. the only player on the roster that I say eh, forget the number. Eh, maybe, maybe Bobby, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. yeah. So in general, yeah, I'd like to see Marshawn come back at the right number. He's entertaining, and he's but he's just not that good anymore. Other than as a goal line back, correct. But he does bring something outside of just play on the field. Um, there are guys that do have a attitude in the locker room that's helpful, a spark that is helpful. He brought a spark to the Seahawks last year. Absolutely. It was something interesting that even we felt where it was like, holy crap, Marshawn's about to get the ball on the goal line and score a touchdown. Not something I would have imagined a couple of months prior. So it did bring a spark to the team. I don't know if it's anything that necessarily was – that well, actually, we needed it because of the injuries. If we didn't have injuries, I don't think it would have been something that even happened or that was necessary. But it did bring a spark that kind of flipped the mood after we dealt with multiple injuries. What's your final prediction? Does he come back or not? I pretend I'm going to predict that he's not coming back. I'm also going to predict he's not coming back. But I will say, if he did come back and play in the NFL, it would definitely be with the Seahawks. That's the only reason he came back this time. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't think. I don't think. He wants to put his. He talks about keeping his body healthy. I don't think, unless the money is good enough, that he will risk his body. Yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. Oh, I forgot to mention, by the way, uh, Greg Olson did get his number eighty-eight from Will Disley. Oh, he uh, is donating a portion. I think he's. It was like a hundred thousand or something. He's donating to a charity of Will Disley's choice. From the That's number. nice. That's Disley cool. will take eighty-seven. I think it was. It's kind of nice. That's pretty cool. I would have said, fuck you, this is my number. I mean, like, here, Shit. dude, I'll put 100000 to a charity. I mean, if this, if this was like, dude, nah, fuck you, man. I like number 88. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, well, he's, he's 88. He's paying for it. So maybe some people really do care that much, right? But Disley True. shouldn't care as much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Disley, like, yeah, no one's like, man, number 88, Will Disley. Yeah. Um. We'll continue to talk about superstars and when I got a couple topics, of course. But let's get to the Jadavion Clowney issue. Right. As Josina Anderson said on Twitter, was she just got off the phone of Seahawks defensive end Jadavion Clowney, who is an impending unrestricted free agent. Clowney told her, after spending the last year in Seattle and seeing how they do things, I would definitely like to return. However, I'm also open to new opportunities if it comes down to that, which AKA means more money, more money. And according to Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler on ESPN, it's unlikely Seattle goes to the 18 to 20 million range per year for a player who had three and a half sacks in 2019. The Seahawks value him highly, but do not want to break the bank. George thoughts. I value him highly. I don't want to break the bank. I agree. I mean, look, 
What's more effective in the NFL today, getting a guy like Jadavion Clowney for 18 and 20 a year or go putting, you know, six million on three different guys, maybe three different pass rushers and keep them rotated and keep them fresh. I think that would be a much more effective way about going things or maybe getting two pass rushers and go get an offensive lineman and draft. Well, I mean, just in general, I don't see the reason to go after Jadavion Clowney for that type of money. Now, if it was affordable, sure. If you, but you want to break the bank, like they said, for a guy who had three and a half sacks last year. A lot of people will say it's not just about the sacks. He did much more. He did, and I agree. He was definitely a disruptive force for a very disappointing defensive line that we thought was going to be great with Ziggy Ansah and some other obviously key pieces in Green and. It was a pretty mediocre off defensive line. Yeah, it was supposed to be this tandem of like really good players. So Clowney really did make a huge effect for a bad defensive line. Completely but agree. But yes, three and a half sacks isn't much. And I know he did more than that. But I would be lying if I were here to tell you that he had a huge impact every game. There was games that he disappeared. He had some games like against San Francisco, I think once in Arizona where he had that return for the touchdown where he really showed up. And there was games that I didn't even notice he was on the field. I, I completely agree. People could say it's because of double teams, whatnot. That's fine. But there's other guys in the world that get double teams. As much as I think he's annoying, J.J. Watt, the Miles Garretts of the world, where you, the Aaron Donalds, you watch them get double teamed. But even when they're double teamed, what happens? They sometimes find a way to... They find a way to get through. Clowney's not quite on that level, which is why you don't want to pay 18 to 20 a year. If you're paying 12 to 14 a year, I think he becomes a valuable piece, and I would say sign. Yeah, and I don't think that's... So, in other words, you're, we're not signing. In other words, somebody like the... the some Who's Rain? Some team like the freaking Jets will pay him 20 million a year. Yeah, and complain about complain about him for years. Yeah, basically. That's how I feel. Um, in other news, Everson Griffin uh, avoided his final year for with the Vikings. Okay. Um, he's set to hit free agency, and he's interested in returning to the Vikings or testing his market. And uh, it's been said to keep an eye on Everson Griffin because he would like to one day, he, oh, he said, I guess, would like to one day reunite with Pete Carroll, who is his college coach. Is Everson Griffin the guy who had the mental breakdown? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm he's glad been he's fine. Said, yeah, he's been fine. Said. I was just wondering if it's the same guy. Um, he's a hell of a player. 32 years old, so it's probably not going to require as big of a contract as... Clowney. Clowney. He had eight sacks last year with a pick. Had five and a half sacks in 2018. Doubling Clowney's numbers, right? Yeah. Probably half the price. For half the price. I'd rather do that than go for Clowney personally. And we're, yeah, I mean, for that type of money, that type of money. I mean, I don't know what exactly he's expecting, but if we're talking half of what Clowney wants, do that and then spend the other half somewhere else. Get a, get another corner to get compete with more, flowers. Get more offensive linemen. Do, exactly. do something. I know there's um, the cornerback from uh, Darius Slay from Detroit right now, and he's interested in leaving Detroit. If you can, you know, bring him and reunite him with Quandre Diggs, and yet now you have a great secondary, I'd rather go get Everson That'd Griffin. That'd be a trade, though. That'd be a trade, but still, you have to have the space. You have to have the space, and you're gonna have to pay him. Yep. So I'd rather go put my money into getting Everson Griffin, go and get Slay, maybe signing another offensive lineman, use 18 million that way, since you've already used seven on Greg Olson, and you're not having enough to seven on Greg. Olson. No, because like. 
like you probably can you can use your money way more wisely than that. I mean, I never last year I never sat there and was like, you know what our biggest problem was tight end. It's actually like a we were kind of great at tight. Yeah, only, only when there was injuries we said that. Yeah, but then the and next then guy also stuff worked. And then we got injuries again, but once injuries hit, it was a problem. Yeah, when injuries it. hit, it's always a problem. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Schneider on Russell Wilson's comments earlier this season about wanting more superstars. He said, I agree. We all want super superstars. We all want great players. I think Pete would want the same thing. Uh, we'll keep it rolling. So I feel like they're ready to roll the dice a little bit. Um, knowing John Schneider, though, and I, not personally, but you know, knowing what he does, it would seem unfitting that his meaning of that would be to sign a guy like Clowney for $20 million. Right. I feel like that means more of what you're talking about. Sign a guy like Everson Griffin, then go make a trade for a, not saying Jarvis Landry for the Browns. Go get a third good receiver somewhere in a cool trade. Go get Darius Slay with the trade. Mm-hmm. Pick up a cool offensive lineman with some money in a draft pick and a trade. And then all of a sudden, you have a superstar-ish pack team rather than paying one guy $20 million, who I don't know if I'd consider Clowney a superstar. I do not consider him a superstar. I do consider him a very good player. Okay, so we're on the same page here. Completely, because you got to not think with emotion on these moves, right? You want to think about a salary cap. That's why it just baffles me that I keep keep harping on this, that they went inside Greg Olsen. Yeah. I mean... It must, it must have been – him and Russell Wilson must be close to something, and Russell Wilson probably told them, like, I want this guy. And you got to keep Russell Wilson happy. You got it. Uh, if you look at our top 10 2020 cap hits, where we are, is Russell Wilson at $31 million. Okay, that's hit. fine. Bobby Wagner at 14. There's no way you should have Clowney above Bobby Wagner. No, absolutely payday. not. Dwayne Brown at 12. Justin Britt at 11. Tyler Locke at 11. KJ Wright at 10. Bradley there we McDougal go. That's five. where he should be. KJ right at ten. KJ right at ten. Maybe more. Twelve. Quandre Diggs is at five point one. Steal. Uh, Ed Dixon's at three point eight. We need to release him. So yeah, so he's being released. Uh, it's another tight end. Jesus. Didn't really do much. Yeah, I, I, tight end. I, I'm really worried that that's what's going to happen with Greg Olson. I don't feel like he's going to be do. I I really don't think Greg Olson will have. I think Greg Olson will have a minimal impact on this season for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. You don't think he's going to have impact? I said you have a minimal impact. Okay. Um, I'm just reading a text about the coronavirus. Anything new? Uh, just my, my girlfriend's convinced she has it, but she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is apparently there's a, well, everyone. Everyone's well, convinced they have it. Well, not everybody that's listening, not everybody that's listening to this. There's Seahawks fans elsewhere, Seattle sports fans elsewhere, but the majority of people would know where Bellevue, Washington is and what Bellevue College is. Bellevue College sent out an email saying last night, uh, college received the two inform- two students were exposed to the coronavirus. Um, they did not test positive, but they're I don't know they they closed Building T to clean the facility. And then my girlfriend was like, "Guess where my classes are? Building T. I fucking told you all I have coronavirus." And she's freaking out. She also works at a health clinic, which means probably more exposure to corona. Knock on wood. My girlfriend doesn't have corona. I hope she doesn't have corona because, I mean, I've been sitting right next to you, which probably means you have corona, which means I'll probably have corona. And then, as we know, it goes through podcasts. So all the listeners will have corona. Via ears. 
If you're listening, you know what goes well, Sammy, with uh, with this podcast? A Corona? A nice ice cold Corona with lime. Don't be deterred by the coronavirus, fellas. And some chips and, and salsa. Woman. And some chips and salsa. All right. I love it. Corona, you can drink Coronas, by the way. Um, quick, uh, quick, interesting whatever about Greg Olson. Yeah. So he actually played with DK Metcalf's father, Terrence Metcalf. I think it was on the Bears. Didn't you just say this on the podcast? Or were you telling me that before, was the, before podcast? the podcast? Oh <laughs> that, that's funny. I thought that was during the podcast. No. So he uh, he played with DK's dad as a rookie. Twelve years later, he's joining forces with DK on. Uh, the Seahawks. He said, "This is going to be the first time in my career that I will play with a father and a son." It's kind of cool. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I, I thought that was a cool fact, cool stat. I didn't even uh, know. I didn't even know DK's dad played in the NFL. So that, that that was kind of Terrence Metcalf. Let's look him up. Terrence Metcalf. That's a great name. Uh, he played for the Bears. I know for at least some some point. Um, he was a guard. That's why DK's so fucking big because he turned into like a. His dad was six four three ten. Nice. Wow, pretty exciting. Yeah, say genetics don't play a factor in shit, huh? <laughs> Played six years for the Bears. Good for him. Seventy eight games. Started twenty five of them. Oh, okay, yeah. so he was a starter. Yeah, twenty five of them. But yeah, pretty good. That's two seasons almost. All right, um, that's all I got on the Seahawks right now. Exciting off season. I guess last thing I'd say is if you could pick anything to improve on, which I obviously it wasn't tight end that you were looking for. Um, what would it have been? I'd be looking to improve the tight end core. Because, <laughs> uh, no, the offensive line is always, man. The more protection for the offensive line, the better. I, I don't think we're going to ever fix this offensive line in general. Because I just don't think in that football anymore the offensive line can be as cohesive as it used to be with the little uh, like amount of practice compared and the way like it's such a quick game now. So maybe your offensive line will never be that stellar amazing unfan unbreakable unpenetrable offensive line but i just want to see improvement yeah how about you i agree with the fact that all offensive lines are down and luckily we have a great quarterback so i'm going to put that number two because i think we can kind of survive without having him at having like the best offensive line which i would still love to protect him for russell but i Think the corner position is just to clarify the corner, not the quarterback, right? No. Corner. All right. Uh, I think we're good at the Griffin's fine. Now that's why I'd love somebody like Slay. Trey Flowers literally basically lost us the game against the Packers. Yeah, he and he's not, and he's gotten older. Like he's had a good career. They want to keep working with him. According to reports today, was that they want to keep working with him. So you can expect the Seahawks not to spend big mm-hmm. in the off season on corners. I think that's a lie. If they got a good trade for Slay, they would do it. Because um, Flowers or draft him one. Yeah, because Flowers just he got torn up by Devonte Adams, and really like Griffin's good, but he's not like it's not like we have a Richard Sherman on that side. We right. need two. If we're gonna have, we can't have a good and a bad corner. You're gonna at least need two average corners. Yeah. So I would go for a corner. Um, and potentially, I think the three key pieces, I guess, is corner, pass rush, and offensive line. I completely agree. Yeah. So um, let's take a quick break. All right. We'll do a little, little. Uh, Should we, let's keep the Mariners one just for a full Mariners, Mariners podcast. podcast. Yeah. And I just want to, I'll go off on the Huskies here after the break. Okay. Quick break. And then we're just going to go on a little Utah basketball rant. No, no, we're not going on. We're going off on the Huskies. On a rant, I said. Okay. But on it, he wants to go off on the Husky. I'm sorry. On was too positive a word. Yeah, this is that, no positivity here with the Huskies. What is that about the Huskies? 
being swept in the apple cup of basketball for the first time maybe in a long time. Uh, Deserved. Wait, when was the last time that happened? I don't fucking know. I'll check. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about them and do they have a chance at winning the Pac-12 tournament and making the tournament? Uh, yes, so we'll they do. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you guys about Utah basketball in one second. All right, we're back um, to talk about George's uh, alma mater. Washington Huskies have been swept in the Basketball Apple Cup by the Washington Cougars. How's it feel? Washington State Cougars, you mean? Washington State Cougars. I'm very pissed off right now. Don't speak to me. They are the team team of Washington, actually. No, they're not. They they just happen to be in the same state as us. No, they happen to be the better team in Washington. Right now they are. All right. First of all, I have no problem with Mike Hopkins. But what the fuck happened this year? He went from back-to-back Pac-12 coach of the year to this team who absolutely is a shit show to watch. I have never, ever, ever less enjoyed a team of mine in the history of teams of mine. That's including the Mariners who can constantly disappoint me. This includes the tie to various Jackson-led Seattle Seahawks teams. This includes the 2017 Huskies, last time they got swept with Lorenzo Romar. This includes the crappy Apple, the team with the, uh, in uh, what's his name, Ty Willingham's last season as a, Washington Huskies head coach. This to me is the least enjoyable Washington Huskies team or any Seattle team I've ever had. Why? Because there was expectations. We should. We came in as the top twenty team in the nation. Beat Baylor the first game of the year, who ended up being number one for a while. And the problem is these young guys like Jaden McDaniels, who sucks, who is going to be a bust in the NBA, who can't, he really can't play basketball. Jaden McDaniels is the laziest basketball player I've ever seen in my life. The only time he ever shows that he cares is after the whistle when he wants to go between his legs and throw it off the backboard. He he just sucks. He's, he's, he's soulless. He's, he's sucked the soul out of me. You have all these other guys. We can't shoot. Cre- Green Green gets suspended for being academically uneligible. All you have to do is show up to class. No one is academically uneligible, Sammy. When was the last time you heard of someone being academically uneligible in college sports at a Pac-12 school? I mean, you have to be some different type of I don't give a shit to get academically uneligible. We have no point guard. We can't shoot. The only guy on the team I enjoy watching is Naziah Carter, who cares and can jump out of a building. But he's going to have to come back for his senior year and try to, like, with by McDaniels, you're gone. Stewart's fun to watch. But now in college basketball, the big man really can't do that much because the game doesn't work for big men in college basketball. And it's just a frustrating team. How are, is this team, if I told you, Sammy, before the year, I'll give you the odds. You, I'll, here, you have to pay 1000 bucks. And you can win a hundred thousand. Would you have risked a thousand bucks that the Huskies would have been the last place team in the Pac-12? No, I don't know. I don't know how that question is. So, if, if, <laughs> so say I gave you a hundred to one odds, but you had to put a thousand bucks on the Huskies being last in the Pac-12. No, no, there's no way this team. This team should not be last in the Pac-12. We're comfortably last in the Pac-12. We've clinched last in the Pac-12. 
I'll put it this way. Um, keep going. That's it. That's all I got to say about them. There's, this team just sucks. And you know what they're going to do? I think Green's going to come back for the Pac-12 tournament. And maybe they go on a run. Because ever since he's left, they have sucked. Yeah. Uh, here's my issue. So, I think the key to all this, you're saying the names. Oh, there's Jaden McDaniels. There's blah, blah, blah. There's da, da, da. Right? Isaiah Stewart in the ESPN Top 100 was after there was, he was third. Mm-hmm. Third. Third best player in, in America. After James Wiseman, who's not playing anymore. Cole Anthony on North Carolina and James Wiseman. I mean, in Isaiah Stewart. He's above Anthony Edwards. He's above a lot of people, right? So we're talking James Wiseman's not even there anymore. So he's basically the second best, supposed to be the second best player in college basketball. Yeah. And he's, he's been, been fine. That's good. not the point. Not the point. I'm not worried about if he's good or not. Jaden McDaniels is was seventh in the country. Seventh. We had more top ten recruits than Duke, than North Carolina, than Kentucky. There was only two teams, two, in the. There was only two teams that had two top ten players, and that was UW and Arizona. Arizona, meanwhile, is obviously a top 25 team. Right. And both of our top 10 players were higher than Arizona's. UW was, had the number three and the number seven. Arizona had number eight, number nine. We literally are one of the only two teams that had two top 10 players. And both those top 10 players were better than the two top 10 players of Arizona, who also has two top 10 players. And somehow, they have gotten last in the Pac-12. And I don't know if it's Hopkins, but he has to take some blame for this. But my blame goes out to Jaden McDaniels. He's lazy. I can't believe he's even going to be. He's going to be awful in the NBA, in my opinion. There's not. I have nothing against the kid. Hopefully, he's successful. Like, great, good for you if you're successful, right? Like, I, I don't wish that he's unsuccessful. But he's not going to be good in the NBA. He's lazy. He doesn't care. He has no fire in him. Um, if he was a little more like Isaiah Stewart, I think this team would have been an amazing team. I do too. With that said, maybe he's one of those players that thinks all this shit didn't matter, so he's going to try hard in the Pac-12 tournament, and all of a sudden they're good. Maybe. Maybe. It, it just – like I said, this is the le- most disappointing team for me. I love the team I've least enjoyed out of all my favorite teams in history. Yeah. Also, you know Raekwon Battle was a top 100 player too. Top 100? Yeah, he was okay, but we didn't expect him. I mean, he's gonna come back next year. We don't we, like we didn't expect him to come in and just like you know be a top ten pick. True, but he's also not that good. No, he's also not very good. Yeah. What does this mean though? Like, let's just put this in context for one second. Um, I think me and you're gonna put it in the same context. I'll let you go first. Well, you don't know my question. Okay, but I I know I know where you're going with this. What? Do we you really need to go and recruit top ten guys? Mm, that's not well. That's part of what I was gonna say. Is there any hope? That's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. That th- there will never ever. I'm gonna at least in my next. So I would say in the twenty years instead of never. ever. Mm-hmm. The next twenty years, there's probably under a one percent chance that UW signs two top ten players in the same year. Yeah, probably. Unless there's two guys from Seattle, but. It is a under 1% chance that UW gets two top 10 players in the same exact year. 
I agree. Probably in the next ever again, maybe. I have a, and they got last place. In the I have game. a question for you, actually, since you have that up right now. Who can you name the top ten players from last year, and what school they went to? Like this season? Yeah, yeah. Or like what's coming? Up? No, no, this season right now. James Wiseman, Memphis. Not very good this year. They might miss North the Carolina, Cole Anthony. James Wiseman's not playing now. Uh, no, I know. They were good before. Uh, but just in general, I'm just talking about what happened after they North got North Carolina. They're very bad this year. They're going to miss the tournament. UW. They suck. Georgia. Not very good. RJ Hampton didn't sign. Yep. Duke, Vernon Carey. Okay, they're, they're good. good. Washington. Sucks. Arizona, Arizona. Middle, middle of the Pac-12. They're top 25 team. Arizona is? Pretty sure. Are you like sure? That. I mean, they're nine and seven in the Pac-12. I think they were, they were top twenty-five when they played Oregon. Yeah, but they I think they lost Oregon. Yeah, I think they've lost three straight: Oregon, USC, and UCLA. Well, they were top twenty-five. Okay, before that. but I'm just saying much better than UW. Yeah, oh yeah, they're much better than UW. But at the end of the day, is it really? The, um, maybe the in best. Florida is Florida up there. Florida is not ranked either. And then you have Duke, Kentucky, Kentucky, Villanova, Villanova, USC. Yeah, and those are like those teams. They're all good, but those are like annual. Read me the top ten. I'll tell you if there's anybody in the top twenty. Even like yeah, the... Kansas. No. Gonzaga. No. Dayton. <laughs> Actually, I have a fun, more fun game. We'll end with this. This has to do. With, I don't care if this has to do with Seattle or not. Yeah. Okay, Kansas. I'll yeah. tell you what their best player signed was last year. Okay. Seventy third. Gonzaga. Their best player was 47th. Dayton. Nobody in the top 100. Baylor. Nobody in the top 100. San Diego State. Wow, this is... I'm going to guess nobody. This guy's from San Diego, but he signed for Memphis. So nobody in the top 100. Okay. Kentucky? Here we go. You're going to have one. They'll have a lot. Kentucky has the number 12, number 13... Number thirty and number thirty six. Okay, that's so they super. broke the model for a second. Florida State. They have the number twenty eight and fifty one. They're that's a good model. That's a good model. Seton Hall. Is it S T O N? S E T O N. None in the top hundred. Maryland. Let's keep going. This is fun. Maryland had the number sixty and the number seventy. And last one in the top ten, Louisville. I think that sanctions anyway. 24. Okay. 52. 78. And, and, and 86. And most importantly, I'll just do one more. Creighton at number 11. Zero. Zero. So the point is, you want guys that stay two, three, four years. And then you've got two top seven players. Memphis, <laughs> number one recruiting class in the nation. Like, Memphis was good when Wiseman was playing. Yeah, true. He, he, they were when Wiseman was playing. But the point is, maybe the best way to build a team is the Gonzaga model. Or the Creighton model, or the Florida State model. You get the 30th best player in the nation. He's going to stay for two or three years. By his third year, he's going to be probably the best player in the conference because he's he's actually like Peyton Pritchard at Oregon. I don't know where he was like as a recruit nationwide, but he's probably the 50th best recruit in the nation. And now he's a junior, right, at Oregon or a senior? And, and he's, now he's a, fucking sick. And he's sick because he's not 18 years old. UW needs to go more for this Gonzaga model. I mean, at the end of the day, look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga, and that's uh, actually, there might be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are fans of Gonzaga. Yeah. I have friends that... I happen to be not one of them. <laughs> hates them. I have friends that, you know, are born and raised in this area and, of course, end up going to Gonzaga and right. becoming big fans. Uh, Drew Timmy, a center out of Richardson, Texas, 47th recruit in the nation. Mm-hmm. He'll probably play for like two years there. 
Anton Watson from Spokane, Washington, a local guy. Yeah. Probably not that known, but 62 in the nation. And then they got Pavel Vakharov from uh, Academy in Florida, a.k.a. he's from another country. He was the 90th recruit in the nation, a 6'10 center, which will probably be like a four-year guy that ends up being a solid college center. And right. they'll be a top, what are they, number two in the nation again? And yeah. they and we, as much as people hate we hate on Gonzaga, you don't like them. I mean, their model obviously works. They've made it to the national championship. They've made it to multiple Final Four. Right. And, and, this and model this, works. Yeah. Dayton, San Diego State, Creighton, Seton Hall. Yeah, I bet you most people San can't even tell me where. I mean, I know, but I bet, bet you most people can't name where Seton Hall or Creighton are from. Yeah, I mean, you should know where uh, San Diego State's from. True. <laughs> uh, Creighton is in Missouri. Creighton, I believe, is in New Jersey. Oh, no, Creighton, sorry. Creighton's in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. I thought you were saying Seton Hall. Oh, there is a Creighton, Missouri. Uh, but, yeah, it's in Omaha, Nebraska. How I did know. I know there was a Creighton, Missouri? I have no idea. It's in question. Omaha. It's a beautiful campus. It's one of the nicest campuses I've ever seen. What? Why would I know that there's a Creighton, I don't. Missouri? I have no that idea. weird. But uh, Seton Hall, I meant to say, that's New Jersey, right? I think it's uh, New York, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. New South Jersey, Orange. okay. Where's Dayton? So Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Well, I was thinking of the one that uh, Steph Curry went to, Davidson. Davidson yeah. Uh, anyways, UW's awful. Yeah, they suck. Um, what are the Pac-12 standings really quick? Yeah, sure. I'm enjoying this little topic. I, I, if you're I, over this is not as you only like Seattle sports, then you can move on. But <laughs> I hope you enjoyed most well, of Well, no, the they should stay on because I have a great announcement at the end of a pod about my pod. UCLA. Just do that in the intro. Okay. Much easier. <laughs> UCLA's first in the Pac-12 now? Yeah. I didn't UCLA, know that. UCLA, they have the 95th recruit in the nation. Great. And then Oregon. Oregon had a good recruiting class, I think. They have 23rd, 29th, 45th, 61st, 85th. Jesus. Wow. Arizona State. Sleeping giant. None. <laughs> None. Colorado. None. USC. I think they had a couple. 16th, 20th, and 56th. Stanford. None. Nope. Yep. Yeah, no. Arizona, two top 10 recruits. Yeah, and then they got the 49th as yeah, well. California. No. no. Wazoo. No. Utah. None. Oregon State. None. Washington. Two. Well, they actually have three guys in the top 100. Jeez. Three in the top 100. All right. So we should probably have been more of our Oregon, USC, Arizona at least range, but... It is what it is. It's mind-blowing. Do they have a chance of winning at all? The Pac-12 or the NCAA tournament? The Pac-12 tournament. Oh. They actually weirdly have a chance. I mean, they're the most ta- they have the most talent out of all the teams. So, yeah, you always have a chance. I mean, it, what? They're going to play. So, who gets the buys? Right now, we play Arizona State. We could beat them. Have we beat play, them? No. Same. We have, we have two wins in the Pac-12. Well, maybe it was that one of our wins? We're 3-13 and 13 in the Pac-12. I, we beat Cal, Oregon State, and USC. Which are two of the three worst teams. Two of two of them are in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty good. All right, well, pathetic year. Pathetic, yeah. It could be quickly turned around. Yeah, it could. Pac-12 oh, my God. If we win the Pac-12 tournament, I'm back. this is my favorite Huskies team 
ever. The resiliency. Uh, moral of the story, we went on a long rant today about recruiting, is you don't need to just have top players. In now, in college football, you do. Yeah. And in college basketball, you do if they have passion. Sure, but they don't. The top, that's actually a big key problem. Isaiah Stewart, nothing against you, my man. Like, you're great. Guys like James Wiseman has scandals, and now he's like, oh, I don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. Guys like Anthony Edwards probably just wanted to be in Georgia for a year, have mm-hmm. fun. He liked the campus. He liked the girls. And he, he, liked, he, liked, he liked the amount they paid him. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels is like, oh, I'll just stay home until I go to the league. Like, cool. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. When you eliminate the one and done, guys like Jaden McDaniels can go fail in the in, in the NBA. Yep, and, and then, then and then end up in the G League for ten years. Yep, and then you end up like Marquise Chris, and then we can Marquise Chris. And uh, by the way, has had a phenomenal last couple of weeks. Yeah. Some playing on the G League Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Because he's getting playing time. When they get good players, he won't get playing time. It's the worst team in the NBA. I know. Um, and then just keep us with the guys. I miss the. When we had guys like Isaiah Thomas, yeah, he's five six, five eight, whatever he is. He stayed four years and has he passion. Got, and got we good. had Quincy Pondexter and the John Brockmans of the world. Even though you know they went, someone went to all those guys went to the league, but they had some passion. Yeah, they, well, they had something to prove. They weren't. They're trying to make the league. Yeah, they weren't number one player in the nation. Just like I'm going next year anyway. Yeah. And that's actually a problem with the NBA these days. These guys can be no more recruit out of out of high school. Don't even freaking try in college. And they're like, ah, oh, but the potential. <laughs> potential. Potential, man. All right. This was episode uh, 26, I believe. It could be 27. Sue me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it wrong. Uh, George is going to have an announcement in the intro. So if you missed the intro or skipped through it, go back to the intro. Yeah, go back to it. Do it. I'm serious. No, I know. Episode 27. Uh, find us at sonsports.com. That's S O N T sports.com. Uh, and we will uh, be excited to talk to you guys soon again. We're going to be coming back next week, hopefully, with the Mariners podcast. And uh, stay safe out there from the corona. Uh, George, yep. this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined.